Chip Mathis said he had not asked for a release since March. When was the last time he asked for a We were in constant contact with his agents, Ed and myself personally, March, April, May, June. So. He also indicated that he planned to come this week. Did, did, did yeah, you get I, that message from no, him? No, I didn't get that. When I talked to him on Thursday, I told him why we were releasing him, and I told him I wish him the best, and I hope he gets what he's looking for. So, kind of the end of the conversation. Chip, some people look at this and they say, well, he didn't fit the culture that Chip Kelly has here. First, is that true? And secondly, no, what is your culture? All. No, not at all. That's not true. You know, it was a money issue, and we just didn't come to terms on a money issue. So, How would you describe your own culture? I really don't. I don't think about what it is. It's, a bunch of guys that are working very hard, and that's what we're looking for. So, and Evan works very hard. We just we weren't. It was a money decision, and we just weren't on the same page on the money. So, how's Ryan Matthews look to you during these past during these past two years? Yeah, Ryan's been a really good addition to us. Um, big physical running back. You know, I, I don't think you really know how actually big he is till you kind of pull up next to him. You know, he's almost 230 pounds. I mean, he he can really run. He's explosive. I think when he sees a hole, he can change gears and accelerate through it. Um, you know, we're using him a little bit on kickoff return, I think, because of taking advantage of that speed. There's not a lot of guys that have that speed that go along with that size. Um, but we're real excited about having him. He's worked extremely hard here since we got him. Uh, came in right after we uh, acquired him. He's been working uh, really hard. That whole group is doing a, a great job, a bunch of running backs. But uh, we're excited to see what, see what he's like. And I, it, it'll be a lot different, too, with the pads on because, you know, obviously they're letting him go. But I think he's one of those guys when the pad's on that will, will become even bigger because he's going to be a real tough guy to tackle and bring down. Your scheme, how interchangeable are cornerbacks and safeties, or how much do they have to be? And can you envision a day when we just say defensive back and not cornerback and safety? Um, I, I think you have to be somewhat interchangeable because our safeties have to cover. You know, we're not a one guy free safety, one guy in the box safety. You know, it's not what we do. We're not a single gap defense when you're a single gap defense you got to have a guy that's from the secondary that's devoted to fitting into the front whether it's at the linebacker position or at a, a down safety position you know we're, we're more of a right and left safety operation and coverage skills are um are a premium you know to go along with tackling to go along with the other things i don't think there there's a lot of carryover but I, you know obviously i think your better cover guys are on the outside um, you know, but you'd like to get four guys if you're playing with a, you know, a base defense, four guys that can do it all, that can cover and can tackle. Chip, along those lines, what have you seen out of Eric Rowe, and where do you think he's best fit based on? Eric's a corner. You know, that's where we have him at. That's where he'll be um, for the foreseeable future in terms of where we are. It's it's very difficult for someone to learn multiple positions in terms of being able to fit in. Um, but he's done an outstanding job at corner. He's tall. He's long. He gets his hands on guys. He can disrupt routes. He can. But he's also got outstanding feet, change of direction, uh, seems to be around the ball a lot. It's causing a, has caused a lot of turnovers in, in uh, the 10 OTAs and the one minicamp practice we had yesterday. Um, you know, always kind of punching the ball out, seems to be around the ball. I think he's really picking up on it really well. Um, Walt's doing a real good job. You know, I think Walt has experience in there because he, a lot of his time in the National Football League has been as a nickel. So if you're a nickel, uh, you're an inside player, and that's really what you're, you're another safety. You're kind of playing down safety, but you're playing a lot of match coverage on um, open number two receivers, and Walt's fit in. He's uh, real smart, um, picked things up very quickly, uh, and I think he's really done a really nice job there at the, at the other safety spot. When you look at the uh, defensive line, I mean, you didn't really add anybody other than, you know, Pride in the draft there. Mm -hmm. where, where do you see guys like Fletcher, Cedric, you know, Benny Logan and stuff? I mean, yeah, we're excited about that position. I think it was probably one of our strong, one of our strongest, if not our strongest, position last year. Um, as you go through the entire season, 
Um, we've got we we think we think we provided a little bit more depth for it, but you know all those guys in another year in the system. You know Fletch and and Vinny and Sed and those guys have been here for a couple of years, but then you throw Bo Allen and Taylor Hart into the mix with those guys, and we think we'll have a good rotation and, and excited about where we are from a defensive line standpoint. Can you see an expanded role for Vinny? I know he's not a starter, but uh, just still ways to get him on the field more in different ways. At all. Yeah, it depends on the situation, but Vinny's doing a hell of a job. You know, he's playing a little bit of outside, a little bit of inside. I think he's expanded his role in terms of where we can deploy him, but I, I see that happening, yeah. Not on the bench, I mean, outside on the field, yeah. No, 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 I mean, you mean he's played a little outside linebacker, yeah. Yeah, Taylor's done a really good job. Now, you know, almost last year was almost like a redshirt year for him. If you look at what happened to him, um, came in at 281 pounds and when we first drafted him. He's probably up to a little bit over 300 right now. He's really kind of changed his body around in the, in the weight room. Um, and, and really one of those guys that with Bo Allen and, and kind of looking at him moving into his second year that we're really counting on to, to, to help us with, with Fletch, with Vinny. Um, with Benny Logan, you know, you know, we, uh, with Cedric, we got, we, we feel like we got a lot of guys there that can, that we can keep fresh and kind of rotate through, and which we're trying to do on the defensive line. With Fletcher Cox specifically, like like Evan and Todd this offseason, you also have to have confidence in the guys that can step in for those guys and be a productive offensive line. What have you seen from these guys so far, even last year, that gives you that confidence? Well, I've seen, we've seen Allen play. I've seen Allen play in games, and I think have been very, very productive in games. So we're very confident in him. And I've seen also seen Matt and, and uh, Gardner play in games and been productive in them. Kevin Graff's another guy that's really uh, has come along here in the offseason. Dennis Kelly has played productive football for us. So we're real confident in all those guys that, that we have an opportunity to go out there and coach every day. Fletcher Cox specifically, I know the sack numbers weren't huge last year, but what did you see from him from a pass rush perspective? Just a disruptive force, you know, can really push the pocket from the inside, and I think – uh, sometimes the sack numbers aren't the whole indication in terms of what you can do, but I think if you can make the pocket collapse the way Fletcher makes the pocket collapse, and a lot of you ask Connor, and Connor will be the first one to tell you some of his sacks were beneficial because Fletch moved the pocket so much inside that the, the quarterback had to flush out to where Connor was. You know, so I think uh, sack totals sometimes are, are are a little misleading in terms of it's not an individual thing. Sometimes it's a it's a group thing, and I think in terms of what he can do on the inside, there, there's not many guys in the league that have that type of explosion. Uh, in pass rush moves that can really disrupt things on the inside. Exactly. only has uh, eight career starts. I mm-hmm. wonder if you have any thoughts as to why that is, given the thinking of Matt No, I don't spend any time thinking about it. When we watch him out in the field training, I'm, we're very excited about him. When he got an opportunity to play against Green Bay, when he's played against Jacksonville, when he's gone in games for us, he's he's been a really good football player. So. Zach, Zach Ertz has talked about being, wanting to be the best tight end in the league. What's it going to take for him to get in the level with the Gronkowski's and Jimmy Graham? Uh, that's up to you guys to figure out. But, uh, I mean, I don't really care where, where he's rated. I, I know he's doing a great job for us. He's got an unbelievable work ethic. Has really had no offseason in terms of what he did this past, you know, from when our season ended against uh, the Giants to when we started the offseason program in terms of what he did to, to, to work on his craft. and. Um, make himself better not only as a receiver but as a blocker you know sought out you know a lot of guys do things and try to go get with a coach to to prepare them for the combine but then they forget about that Zach's not that type you know he was traveling all over the country trying to make himself a better blocker a better receiver uh doing all the little teeny things that's going to make him you know kind of take that next step and that's that's what we're excited to see where he goes with that there was a report that the San Francisco 49ers um, to kind of account for the norms of the millennial generation. Keep meetings shorter, allow players time to check their iPhones and things like that. 
do you take any of that kind of stuff into consideration when you deal with your team, the pace that you guys move at, any of that? Yeah, our meetings have always been structured in a very short manner. We understand exactly how much time a meeting should be devoted to. They're a lot different. Our meetings have always been a lot shorter since I've been here, and even when I was at Oregon. So, you know, we've never met for more than an hour. I'm, we've never had an hour and a half meeting, which I think was the norm in this league, but we've been doing that for a long time. So. Do you foresee a difficult balance between having the guy that makes those decisions and how your reputation will be in the locker room with the players and being a coach and being there um, with them on a daily basis? No, I don't. Um, at some point, though, are there going to be players that aren't going to be happy with the contract? I think that happens everywhere. It happens in any type of business. You know, you may not be happy with your contract or the inquirer. I mean, that's just you got to go talk to your boss about it, you know, and that's part of the job. When you're the boss, you have to make those decisions, and that's what it's all about. So. But there are many coaches that also have that type of control. Um, I think some have spoken before about how it's tough to be the money guy and also be the coach and be able to kind of have the respect for the players without them knowing that you know, you're the one deciding whether to give them money or not. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that. So. Tim, you know, guys, last question. Rest, uh, how do you assess it's a good point. I think he has progressed. You know, I think the one thing that's difficult, especially on a first-year quarterback, you kind of saw it a little bit with Mark last year, is, you know, we throw our guys in the deep end and they get everything and then they got to go. And then they may drop back ready to throw, but they have a rookie receiver that ran the wrong route. They're expecting a guy to be here, and when he's at the top of his drop, the guy is actually on the other side of the field because he didn't know what he was doing. So you got to deal with a little bit more variables when you're, you're, you're working not with a – a bunch of guys that have actually been there, cause, so it takes a little bit of time to get them on the same page. But I have seen, a, um, you know, an improvement from Tim since the day we got him. You know, in terms of his his knowledge of what we're doing, understanding where everybody is. You know, there's a there's a whole process, and for him, what we have done is different than what he's done anywhere else. So in terms of learning our terminology and how we do things, um, I think he's really each week you've seen a an incremental uh, bump in him. So excited to see where that takes him, and it'll be a good competition as we get into August. Yeah, I think mechanically he's improved, but I think he did a lot of that, you know, a lot on his own. We usually when we're out here, the first phase of phase two, we do a little bit of mechanic work, but then once we really get into it, you know, we're talking about coverages, spacing, where the ball's supposed to go and all those other things. We're not spending a whole lot of time, especially with a quarterback talking about where your arm slot is or any of those things. So, Okay, thanks, guys.